listeners, before we get to this episode of Problem Solvers, here is a word from our sponsor. Entrepreneurs are problem solvers by nature, but when you're solving complex business issues, the last thing you and your team need are technology hassles. That's why with the Galaxy Book lineup, Samsung set out to make a PC that helps you reclaim the workday, eliminating distractions and empowering you and your team to focus on the big picture. Invest in your workplace. Invest in your future. Upgrade to Galaxy Book, the PC that helps modern businesses go further. Explore the whole range at samsung.com slash galaxy book for work. And now on with the show. From Entrepreneur Media, this is Problem Solvers, a show in which entrepreneurs do what entrepreneurs do best, solve unexpected problems in their business. We were completely wrong. And I'm just like, it's not selling. It was like, we have to start from scratch. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. Hello from a stoop, my stoop, in Brooklyn, New York. I'm opening this episode because the last time that I made an episode like this was back in the summer, and I opened that one walking around the neighborhood that I had been living in in Boulder, Colorado for the previous year and a half, but I was preparing to move back to Brooklyn, which was a giant life change for me. If you recall, or if you didn't hear, I'll catch you up. I live in Brooklyn. I've lived in Brooklyn for, oh, I don't know, since 2010, 11. And then when the pandemic began, my wife and I realized that being locked up in a little two-bedroom apartment with our two very active, energetic boys would be pretty difficult. And we very fortunately, very in a very privileged way, had an out, which was that we could stay with my parents in Boulder, Colorado and ride the thing out. And we, of course, had no idea what that would mean at the time. We thought maybe a few weeks maybe crazily a few months. As it turned out, it was 18 months. And when I was ready to leave, back in August of 2021, we we were going to leave Boulder and we were going to come back to Brooklyn and restart our lives here. And I talked about to you on the podcast how I had found this wouldn't go back moment, how I think we all need to be searching in these moments of change for wouldn't go back moments, which for me was... The moment in which I realized that no matter where it is that I live, that I can take a little more time for myself. That's what I was doing in Boulder. I was biking and hiking and discovering that it did not tank my entire day. I could walk away from the computer for an hour, which I'd never done before. And it turns out that not everything blows up in my absence. And uh, and that I wanted to take back with me. And the reason that I want to do this follow-up episode, and in a minute I promise I will go inside so that the audio quality will be better and you won't hear cars driving by. The reason I wanted to do this episode is because when I came back, I realized something else. There is the wouldn't go back moment. That's one great perspective. And, And now here's another one to add to it. Everything is the next thing. That is what I was thinking about as I readjusted to Brooklyn and as, as I went through the next phase of whatever this change is in my life, everything is the next thing. So in this episode, I want to tell you about everything is the next thing. And hopefully it can help you feel a little more adaptable and excited for whatever comes next. So, okay, it's time to get off the stoop. We're going to go into the, uh, into the, the home studio. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, wait. 
Did I lose, did I figure my keys? Into, oh no, okay, they're in my back pocket. Whew. All right, here, there they are. <laughs> I was about to, I thought that I was gonna uh, be recording myself locked out of my uh, my building, but fortunately I have the keys. Okay, anyway, here, here it is. Key is in the door, I'll see you inside. This is a message for lawyers, consultants, accountants, photographers, designers, and other professionals who sell their time, which I know is a lot of you. Square is here to make your work-life balance better. How are they going to do that? Because their suite of tools works together to easily keep you organized. You can send out custom estimates to bring in more clients, accept any type of payment that your customer wants to use wherever they want to pay. Take payments in person, over the phone, through your computer, through email or text, via invoices or on your website. Get real-time reports that show you what's working best. And their built-in client management software even lets you have all your notes and client details in one place, including a card on file for repeat customers. Square's tools are built to work together so that you can spend less time on paperwork and more time on actual work. Learn more at square.com. All right, we're back. And hopefully you will now only hear one one hundredth of the amount of noise that you heard in the first segment. I am now sitting at a desk in my bedroom. That desk is next to a window and that window overlooks the street that I was uh, sitting in front of in that first segment. And I realized I, I hadn't exactly defined wouldn't go back in that previous segment. So in case you're not familiar, in case you haven't heard of me talk about it before, I believe that through every change that we experience individually or, or as a collective or as an organization or whatever, you go through four phases of that change. The first is panic, absolute panic. Everyone's familiar with that. Then adaptation, then new normal, then wouldn't go back. And wouldn't go back is that moment that you reach when you realize I have made some kind of change that has been so beneficial to my life or my business that I would not want to go back to a time before I had it. That is wouldn't go back. And wouldn't go back can take so many forms. And I think we all need to be searching for our wouldn't go back moments in every change and then help others get to their wouldn't go back moments. And so anyway, you heard me talk about mine. My wouldn't go back moment was that I was caring for myself more, I suppose you could say. And then I came back to New York and I I had this other thought. And this thought was, everything is just the next thing. And that's what I want to tell you about now, because I think that it also is a really powerful way of thinking about and managing change. And I should note that I first wrote about everything is just the next thing on my newsletter, which I would love for you to check out. It comes out twice a week. It is all about how to become more adaptable, how to be more forward thinking. And you can find it at jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. Again, my name, Jason Pfeiffer, J-A-S-O-N-F-E-I-F-E-R.bulletin.com. Okay. So everything is just the next thing. That's the thought I woke up with Sunday morning. This was the Sunday just after I moved back here. I, I had slept in my bed in, in our own home for the first time in a year and a half. The kids got going at 6.30 a.m. per usual, and then we bought bagels from that place we loved down the street that we hadn't seen in a year and a half, and we showered in our own shower using soap that we bought in 2020, and it felt weirdly normal, but certainly not final because everything is just the next thing. Here's what you need to know about how we actually got back to Brooklyn. After a year and a half in Boulder, we did not just get on a plane and fly home to Brooklyn. That just seemed too abrupt. 
my wife felt like it, it would just it would give us whiplash as a family to just end one phase of our life, get on a plane and just arrive at another just like that, like flipping a switch. And so instead, she came up with a three week road trip where we would see friends and family on the way back east. And this trip turned out to be a brilliant decision. Instead of one abrupt change, we experienced a buffet of lifestyles. We got to imagine living in different cities. We saw old friends and their new houses. And we generally embraced our placelessness. But of course, the trip had to reach a conclusion. And so at some point, we were in the car and we had seen all the places we planned to see. And we were driving finally, for the first time in a year and a half, into Brooklyn. And as we did, I had this crazy thought. I turned to my wife and I said, I feel like New York is just another stop on the trip because we had been displaced for so long. And now here we were returning to this place that we we hadn't seen in long enough that it didn't feel exactly like home, but we knew it was home. But I felt like I, I just I couldn't possibly predict what comes next from here. New York home just felt like another stop on the trip. And maybe it is and maybe it isn't. We don't know. Arriving here, it felt like walking into an interactive memory. It's as if there's this thing in my mind that other people also inhabit. And I I knew it would eventually feel more normal. And frankly, it has felt more normal eventually. I knew that it would become a place that we live in rather than a place that we lived in. But still, throughout our time in Boulder, I, I kept joking to my wife that one day we would just get into bed in Brooklyn and I would turn to her and say, well, that's over, as if we had just gone out to dinner, as if we'd picked up the kids at school. We left and we came back. Time collapses upon itself. And that first night when we got home, I did actually then turn to her in bed. And I said, well, and she laughed, knowing what's coming. That's over, I said. It's so not over, she said. And she's right. And I don't just mean about us and where we live and COVID's continued wrath and all that. I mean, everything. Everything is just the next thing. In the past, I would have liked a greater sense of permanence. I am here. I do this. I think we all probably want that. It is more comfortable that way. But there's something exciting and more truthful about seeing things as part of a continuum, which they are. We don't get to hit pause, and we shouldn't want to anyway. It's an irony of life. We often define ourselves by the past, but we are nothing without the future. Why work for something greater if we'll only ever have what we currently have? We must build for tomorrow. It is what propels us and gives us purpose. And so it may benefit us all, as it has for me, to more intentionally see everything we do as simply the next thing, but never the permanent thing. It should liberate us from the fear that every decision defines us or that every failure follows us. Everything is just the next thing in a long line of next things. And our greatest fortune in life is having as many nexts as possible. Because who wants permanence in a world of potential? So anyway, that's how I came to the idea of everything is just the next thing. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, let's dig into how it can apply to you. Entrepreneurs are busy. And let's be honest, sometimes we complain about how busy we are and then we feel guilty because everyone is so busy too, but that doesn't mean we're any less exhausted. And anyway, what can you do about it? I'll tell you what. 
you can work with Belay. Belay is revolutionizing productivity with its virtual assistant, bookkeeping, and social media strategist services for growing organizations. You can delegate emails, scheduling, travel booking, planning meetings, and more. This can be life-changing. I mean, Belay calculates you can reclaim 15 hours every week by delegating just five tasks. Delegation is the cost of your sanity and the linchpin to survival of organizations everywhere. Ready to learn more? You can get a free download of their CEO's latest book on how to delegate like a pro, which is called Rise Up and Lead Well, How Leveraging an Assistant Will Change Your Life and Maximize Your Time. Just go to Belay Solutions, that's B-E-L-A-Y solutions.com slash problem solvers to get it. All right, we're back. So now let's take the idea of everything is the next thing and apply it to whatever it is that you are doing. And I think here's a helpful way to start. Think about yourself right now and then think about yourself in the future. And then imagine that they are two different people. And why would you do that? Because that's how we usually think. Present self screws over future self. <laughs> that is a direct quote from a psychologist named Tim Cycle, who was talking to Wired. And he said that's because we see our future self as someone totally disconnected from us, which means that we don't owe them anything. But what if we were able to think of our present self and our future self, and for that matter, past self, as the same? Would we be less caught up in momentary changes? Would we see our future as more connected to our present to see this applied in entrepreneurial style, let me take you back to someone who I recently talked to for the podcast. His name is Adam Singolda. He's the CEO and founder of a company called Taboola, and he experienced a major setback and saw it not as a loss, but as a natural part of the journey forward. And I think that understanding how he thinks can help you be a little better to your present self and future self too. So here's the thing. Adam is the founder and CEO of Taboola. As I said, the company makes many of the content ads that you see underneath news articles from across the web. So for example, let's say you read a story and then underneath that story is some article about all these celebrities who now look really old and you haven't seen them in 20 years and you're like, oh, maybe I want to read that. Anyway, Taboola has powered that. It's basically facilitating these content ads across the internet and it's gigantic. You've seen it all over the place. Anyway, shortly before the pandemic, Adam made big news. Taboola was merging with Outbrain, its nearest competitor, and Adam would be the CEO of both companies. Then the deal fell apart, thanks in part to the pandemic and some other stuff. And when I saw that happen, I thought Adam must have had a hard time adjusting because, you know, once he'd shifted into thinking of himself as the CEO of both companies, wouldn't it be difficult returning to run just one of them? That's how I think, at least. If I adjust my mind to some future thing, suddenly my current thing feels small and less satisfying. It's like applying for a job, which means thinking about the job and coming to want the job and imagining yourself in the job. And then if you don't get the job, your current role suddenly feels like a consolation prize. So I called Adam to see how he was adjusting after the deal fell through, and we spoke for problem solvers. And as it turns out, he had handled the setback in a totally different way than I expected. Adam said, yes, it was difficult to let go of the idea of this big new thing, but that was okay because it was never going to be the only big new thing. I mean, you have to really believe in your journey. This, of course, is Adam. I'm just going to play some of this from the original interview because I just think it's so powerful. And you have to really work hard for your luck. People think like, is something that you either have or not. And it's not. You, you really have to push through to, to get that luck going 
And sometimes things look really weird in the moment, but then if you believe you're doing things for the right reason and you're set up for, for what's coming next, from my perspective, it was mainly, by the way, having the right team around me, right? So my management team has, has been together with me almost for 10 years. We've been there when no investor wanted to invest. We've been there where sales cycles were almost a year. We've been there when we had one advertiser. So for me, I've almost shut down Taboola three times when no investor wanted to invest. I've seen bad stuff. And this was not so much bad as it was just weird because I don't think we've anticipated that either Algren or Taboola, you know, being on the other side of that bridge, not together. But then, you know, you look at companies like Netflix who almost sold themselves for $50 million to Blockbuster. And by the way, I can only imagine Reed calling his wife and telling her, like, you can believe it, you know, I failed. I really, I pitched Netflix for $50 million and it didn't work. You know, <laughs> we told them, let's, let's get a drink over this tonight. You really tried. Yada, yada, yada. You know, look at us now. So that's what I mean. You know, if, you, if you're doing things for the journey and most important from my perspective, you have people around you that make you feel invincible, then it's a moment in time. It's not defined. It doesn't define you. And, and that's to me what it was. It was a moment in time. It doesn't define you. That's what Adam says. Here's another way of saying that. Everything is just the next thing. The deal falling through is not the final chapter of Adam's company or his career. It was never going to be the final chapter. It is just one loss in one moment in a journey that will never be defined by any singular thing. And in fact, Adam has already experienced another big moment. This summer, Taboola went public. This is why I suggested thinking for a moment about future self and present self as separate, because that is what we generally are doing, but it is the wrong way to think. We exist on our timelines. We exist at all points in our timelines. The truth is that any loss for any person, any change for any person is just a moment in time. Sure, it feels giant when we're going through it, but in the future, to future self, even the biggest setbacks become just one event from our past. And it looks pretty small there, doesn't it? Future self has the benefit of time. Present self has the benefit of looking forwards to the future. We, the future selves, and the present selves should befriend each other. That way, we benefit no matter what time we're in. And that is the point, isn't it? The point of everything is the next thing is to be always aware that whatever it is that you're doing, whether it is good, whether it is bad, whether there's a giant change, whatever it is, it is simply another moment in time. And that liberates us to not feel like everything has to ride on it, that we are not making definitive decisions at every moment. We have a connection to our present selves. We have a connection to our future selves. We are both of these things. We need to serve both of these things and be mindful of how things look from both of those perspectives. And when we do that, we have an opportunity to see everything that we do in a totally new, fresh, and far more flexible and liberating light. I will note one more time that a bunch of this came from my newsletter, which you should totally subscribe to. It comes out twice a week. So if you like problem solvers, now you can get even more with a focus on how to become more adaptable. Again, you can find that at jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. J-A-S-O-N, F as in Frank, E-I, F as in Frank, E-R, dot bulletin.com. Now, go be nice to your future self because that person's just waiting for you. 
And that's our episode. I would love to hear what you think and maybe even about a problem that you solved. You can find me at my website, jasonpfeiffer.com. J-A-S-O-N-F-E-I-F-E-R.com. Also, I have some more useful stuff for you. I write a newsletter about how to future-proof yourself and become more adaptable and optimistic. I would love for you to sign up. It is at jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. Also, check out my other podcast. It's called Build for Tomorrow. In each episode, I take on some belief that we have that holds us back from progress and show you why it is not as bad as you think. Problem Solvers is a production of Entrepreneur Media and comes out every Monday morning, so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Thanks to Deepa Shah for production. My name is Jason Pfeiffer. See you next week.